O'Hare. And on this episode of the Reclaiming the Garden podcast, we are joined by our dear friends, Brianna and Artie, who have been on the show before, and also um, with us make up the Q Christian Fellowship squad. We are iconic. <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, in the past couple of years, we, we did collaborations with um, the podcast Couch Communion at um, sort of New Year's to do like a year in review and then also do an episode with them. Um, they just weren't available this year so we figured we'd invite other dear friends of ours who have been on the podcast to join us to do all year year in review sort of thing so we're talking about things that happened this year in the world of like religion and faith deconstruction space and that kind of thing um so yeah and we're not really following any particular order so what do y'all want to talk about first and the sort of things we were throwing out in the group chat beforehand <laughs> gosh where to even be hold on things happen things happened this year let's just be honest that happened <laughs> that happened <laughs> well, I, guess I was surprised to see you know, when i was when i was looking through like the sort of breakdowns of religion news this year um i saw like asbury revival and i was like oh my god like <laughs> <laughs> that was I guess February it said and I was like oh my god that was like such a huge thing that like you know people in the ex-evangelical space were talking about because we were like hmm is there manipulation going on here or is there some evangelical bullshit going on here yeah I mean, yeah cause, cause like I know someone who went to I guess the school across the street so they were very skeptical about it cause like you know they knew that school pretty well mm-hmm. But they're like, Ugh. but then I know like Tim from TNE like went over there too and was like mm. doing stuff and it's like because what he will do is like he'll go oh, yeah. into those Tim from TNE did spaces. a bunch of cool things this year. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. went to yeah. like the like, pastor summit thing and he was just at America Fest. Mm-hmm. That video, um, he's still working on it from time of recording at this. It might be out. But I know it's like his script is over eight thousand words. Hmm. So that's a, that's a lot. Okay, as a writer. Oh, by the way, um, for words. context for people who might not, listeners who might not know, um, Tim from the New Evangelicals is, well, I guess at this point it is like a five hundred one c three nonprofit that's trying to like help those who have been oppressed by you know the evangelical church culture cultures. Um, and also sort of analyze Christian nationalism, bring in, like, various scholars and people to share their stories. Um, so it's really cool. And he also, you know, in his position as someone with a lot of privilege, he goes into certain um, Christian nationalist spaces to, like, to sort of see, like, you know, like, what, I guess, how, what their understanding is of the world and that kind of thing. Trying to, trying to understand and attempt to also see if, like, there's any common ground or that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I know, talking about that, the Asbury Revival, first of all, I completely forgot that was this year, but I think it really um, started a lot of conversation, especially in, like, the, for lack of better phrasing, the secular world, um, about, like, the rise of Christian nationalism and the, mm-hmm. how, like, culty evangelicalism is. Cause I think a lot of times it can be kind of easy to ignore. Um, and again, like, not for people who are like within like evangelical spaces, but I think in terms of the greater outside JK Rowling's a turf, but muggle world, um, it's, uh, it's not as 
much paid attention to, but I feel like that was kind of an awakening for some people. Like, oh shoot, like this is this is what's going on on our Christian campuses. I think that that's such a good point too. Um, a lot of the conversations you know. I've had recently in the last couple of months. Um, so for friends of the podcast who don't know me, I'm Artie and I am in seminary at Garrett and I'm looking to be a licensed professional counselor. And a lot of the conversations I've had is about the fact that you cannot grow up in the United States without experiencing religious trauma, no matter how you are raised. Mm. Because even if you are not raised um, some flavor of Christian the way that we all were, our culture is just like steeped in Christian nationalism. And so it's so interesting Mm -hmm. for me when that like the revival comes to um, surface and people are like, oh, this is what's happening. Cause for me, I'm like, yes, this is what's been happening for so long. <laughs> and it just highlights something that's so apparent mm-hmm. to a lot of us who are in that culture more mm-hmm. concentratedly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like even going to like, I went as some, as people on the podcast know, I went to a school that had a lot of missionary kids and a lot it was very um evangelical and in church as well is this is like god's army and taking the world for christ is something that has been in preparation for such a long time and arguably like obviously before our time like looking at the crusades and whatnot um and this is just the newer Mm -hmm. in my opinion more annoying version of that um but it doesn't make it any less dangerous or any less traumatizing for the people that it actually has a lot to do with what we're seeing in palestine too there are more christian zionists than there are Mm -hmm. people who are jewish and zionist in part because of Mm -hmm. the belief that the christian path to like taking the world for jesus will be through judaism taking control over the like birthplace of jesus again and it even though they also think that like they the Jews are going to hell. Well, so okay, so that's the other side of the coin is they want the Jewish people to take over that area so that they can essentially smite them. Like, mm. yeah, because yeah, they think like the Battle of Armageddon so, is going to yep. happen there, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all bullshit. Yeah. So for people um, who don't know, I'm Brianna. Hi, um, and. I got my degree in history, so like all like I look at things in a very historical lens, and let's just say the 1800s. Honestly, we can like make this. We can honestly, you know, blame World War One for happening, the Great War for the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, because <laughs> the Ottoman Empire lasted for a long time, and that was part of what happened with World War One, collapse of the Ottoman Empire. And if you look at the historical maps of those areas and what is today. The overlap you're like oh, oh crap you go oh crap <laughs> like because mm-hmm. like history repeats itself like it honestly is like time is a flat circle it's not really it is really wobbly timey-wimey stuff like doctor says but it's also a flat yes. circle and the thing is like we can you know pinpoint this to something that happened in the past but like oh that didn't happen i'm like yes it did but we also can look at social media as a primary source now which is like fascinating mm-hmm. because um in palestine a lot oh, yeah. of people, people are posting videos and happening. like it's like some folks say they're but they posting don't know and the thing is they're, they're targeting like yeah yeah they're targeting mm-hmm. journalists 
They are targeting Israelis journalists. And their journalists right now is like 104 in two months. 104. Yeah, that's that has never happened in a time of like anything with war. Like I've never seen it like that because during like World War II, that's when they had um, the radio. And they would send their people over there for radio. And they also sent, you know, directors over there to make war propaganda films. But everyone knew not to touch them. <laughs> and I was like, mm, we're going to touch you. And you're like, there, there's some things being broken here, guys. There's things being broken. Yeah. I mean, and you just think about, yeah. like, how, how... It's like, how are Christians supporting the the Israeli army when, like... Bethlehem canceled its Christmas activities this year because there are Christian Palestinians in Bethlehem who are like in danger, you know, and not to like, not to also, Mm -hmm. you know, put the impact off of like, you know, there's, there's, there's Muslim Palestinians. There's also probably even Jewish Palestinians who are all like Mm -hmm. in danger. There's Orthodox Palestinians too. The third Mm -hmm. oldest church in the world was bombed to smithereens. And when Notre Dame caught on fire, I heard a lot of ruckus. I'm just saying. Mm, Woof, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I saw you post about that already. I have been posting constantly about Palestine. (laughs) My therapist had to be like, I think you need to take a mental health break from advocacy work. And I was like, probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think, like again it's we've been given this narrative that like palestine it's like part of the evil empire whatever the the fuck um and a lot of people are saying like no it's to like destroy hamas and here's the thing fuck hamas however most of the gaza strip are children hamas has been in power since 2006 Mm -hmm. most of the people in gaza never even voted for them and if israel's army is supposedly one of the greatest in the world you'd think they'd be a lot more tactical um and again that's not again i'm coming at this from not like already like the colonialism and the apartheid bullshit is already bad but it's blow after blow after blow of Mm -hmm. killing innocent civilians who are caught in the crossfire of a conflict that they weren't even old enough to see most the birth of, of the deaths i i can't remember remember the percentage off the top of my head but mo- more than half of the deaths have been people between the ages of zero and five that's and the thing disgusting. is every time a new um graphic is made yes that's be out it's of almost date. instantaneously that's out, of be date. out of date the graphic i remember is from christmas date. eve yeah it this is like mm-hmm. and this is like this is like, I remember, like, the first, like, war people saw, like, in real time was actually Vietnam, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it was Vietnam, yeah. Which, um, f- slightly weird fact, but the television program Nightline on ABC, it's that airs, you know, after, um, the, um, after, um, Jimmy Kimmel, that was actually started as a way to keep people updated for the Iran hostage situation. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, yeah. in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept it going because people wanted a late night news thing. So that's how Nightland began. Fun little fact. That is um, a fun fact. Like, you see, like, with, yeah, and the thing is, is that with news, um, we are long gone from the era of Walter Cronkite. We are long gone from that. 
And it is so heartbreaking for me because I grew up watching a lot of those older people who were in charge. And as they got older, it's like, will this new guard be able to, you know, step up and, you know, give like the facts and like not have position, but give certain facts and be tell people, you be the judge of this. They don't do that anymore because they're all, you know, in their own little world, where it's like, we can move over to what happened with Fox News this year. Because that happened this year, too, yeah. by the way. Oh, what Tucker happened Carlson? this year? Right. Tucker yeah, that Carlson was this year. Fired this year. That was this year, guys. That was this year. And that's the thing. All this stuff was this year, in the beginning of the year. And the thing is, like, we, we don't think about that stuff at the beginning of the year because, like, it's done. All right. It's old news. Like, I remember when the pandemic was happening and people were like, Tiger King was three lockdowns ago. I was like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's how we're getting perspective. Yeah, that's. That's a, that's a way back thing. That's that, that puts it into perspective, like because we had the writer strike mm-hmm. this year and the actor strike, which is ne- they've never done yeah, on the major, same time. I would like, say forever. major union in stuff Chicago in general, there was a like workers professors right and teachers strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a healthcare okay. worker strike yeah. here as well, um, mm-hmm. specifically with like Cedar Sinai, I believe. Oh, yeah. So I'm boycotting a Starbucks like, you know, I have in the past, I guess even this year, like purchased from Starbucks. Well, that was mostly because I this year was mostly because I had a gift card for it. But, you know, it's like the thing not only like, you know, it's been discovered that like some of the money from Starbucks is actually literally put into like the Israeli yep. military. Starbucks and McDonald's. Um, yeah. But also like just the, the union. Yeah, the union busting also that they... Do, yeah you know i think well. like the c the ceos and the executives and producers like this was their fuck around and find out era because everybody went on strike it this was. year um and as someone who lives in la where it is the hub of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. it was just that thing of like none of my friends are able to work right now without being scabs and none of them did like every single mm-hmm. none of no one i knew mm-hmm. crossed the line um and then but then it was like also like Yes, it was the writers. Yes, it was the actors, but it also affects the directors. It also mm-hmm. affects the people crew. that work in mm-hmm. tech and crew and costuming crew, yep. and mm-hmm. all that sort of and thing. That's what they so, are fighting for. Exactly, yeah. And it's, a, and like the writer deal was pretty damn good. I know that the deal that was made with SAG and the actors is, there's a lot of mixed feelings about it for sure. The, but, yeah. I mean, the fact that it yeah. doesn't have, like, the AI protections, like, I know this isn't religion news related, but I've been following it on Instagram yeah. and I want to talk about it. Um, like it basically, it can allow a condition of employment to be, you must be scanned to get your digital replica. That can be a condition mm-hmm. of employment in the contract mm-hmm. that was approved. What? And here's the thing that was the difference between the writer's guild strike, WGA and SAG-AFTRA. That was WGA it was everyone was collectively saying, no, we need better conditions. We need better this because they were still working off of the old stuff that was from, you know, the era before streaming, when the last writer strike happened. Sure, yeah. Streaming was still in its infancy. And they're like, no, we need to have these residuals. We need to have that because they started showing, because what the, the networks were doing, well, not really mainly the streamers, they were just doing tax write-offs, like well, canceling a show, getting Max, rid of it, like, and doing a tax write-off. Max, like, took Westworld off its platform, mm-hmm. didn't they? Like, one of their yeah. biggest fucking yeah. shows. Yeah, they did that. They're removing, they're removing shows that even were p- good off their platforms so that way no one get residuals. While of SAG-AFTRA, it was actually bottom-up pressuring. And the thing is, the thing is, I told this to people, 
that the SAG strike won't start until they were done promoting Oppenheimer and Barbie because they wanted to have them promote it and then say, no, we're not going to set you that deal. We're not going to sit down and meet with you. Of course, Fran was like, I'm so shocked. I was like, girl, I could have told you that. All of us, like, because I was following, if you're on TikTok, Clara was doing Strike Tea and it was fantastic. Like one of the best things ever. Um, Hollywood, please hire this person because she knows what she's talking about. Because she's pre-WGA. So a lot of pre-WGA were on the lines and they were talking to each other and they're making this camaraderie. So the thing is, a lot of these writers too, I can tell you, grew up in this evangelical world too. They're in this post-evangelical, like ex-evangelical world. And they're trying to write shows that, you know, represent who they are as people. And these are the shows that keep getting canceled now. Like these are shows that keep getting canceled because they're oh there's too many of them and it's like no no there aren't you're getting rid of them so there aren't too many of them so you take you know heartstopper and you're like thank god i still have heartstopper thank god i still have one season of young royals left thank god we're getting one more season of good omens like thank god we at least you know have one more season of what we do in the shadows at least we get one more mm-hmm. and we get an ending because half these shows they're not and they're just one season done you can't even grow you can't even do it and it just shows us like how capitalism has taken over our society, which is great. Says no one ever. <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's I'm I'm really it's it's that weird. It's a double edged sword, right? Because mm-hmm. like I I want I wanted like all of my the people I care about to be able to go back to work in the industry and like, but it's also like at what cost you know what I mean like it's like Mm -hmm. the way to to I think that there was a big blow made in the entertainment industry and I think that like that was really awesome to be able to witness but again I hope that these changes are things that can last and that bigger changes can be pushed for in the future because like they're not going to stop fighting until like get what they need as you yeah, know and to the be thing able about to work like fairly. digital replicas to me is just so stupid it's like people get into this industry to act they don't want to get paid for like a virtual mm-hmm. version of themselves to like perform right like why the fuck especially if like technically the provisions like you know they're gonna get paid if their digital replicas used but it's like but they also just don't want to do that they want to act like i don't exactly and it's um it's interesting because again as i was kind of leaving you have a lot more people who were influencers getting hired to do like commercials and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where it was like like i remember sending like submitting for jobs and then being like don't submit if you have less than like twenty thousand followers Mm. and it was like okay i thought in the book world too like it's fine i went to drama school but you know whatever and the other thing too is like especially like and again this could maybe be cut out of the episode but just having friends who aren't sag getting commercials like when you got a commercial back in the day that could pay for you for a year because you got paid residuals every time Mm -hmm. it's played on tv nowadays commercials are done as non-union buyout so you get like five hundred dollars for the whole thing and you don't get residuals so like mm-hmm. one of my friends has done two massive like national campaigns and he's been like every it was like that thing of like dude i am seeing you on tv all the damn time um he's like yeah i got paid a flat rate and uh, that was it 
that was it for that because it's again it's that's what they can do with the non-union actors it's great so no one ever it's right great no because like also like during it was during the writer's strike when I'm um, shiny happy pe- shiny happy people came mm, out mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that came out the weekend. I went and saw Taylor Swift. Okay, mm. <laughs> so that's how I remember it because I went down to Chicago to see Taylor with my friend, and then I came back. We came up back Milwaukee area, and then I was at my sister's for like two nights, and I watched a whole documentary in one day. And like we can talk about the Dueling Duggar books, is what I call it. There was two Duggar mm. books out this year. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah. I oh think my gosh, yeah. Ginger, Ginger released hers first, right? And then it was like right first. after the Shiny Happy yeah. People doc she... came out that then Jill announced hers. Yeah, yes. They announced it around the time that the show was going to be coming out too. And um was really interesting for me with that show is that they featured people that I knew from online. I was like, wait a second, I follow you online. You're in this, what? Mm-hmm. And it was also like really interesting for me to see, you know, Jill and Derek in that because they actually were the first to leave. Okay, so in case you guys don't know, I watched a lot of the Duggars growing up because yeah. that's what you watched. Yeah, and like because like that's what like TLC was the channel that Christians watched. Okay? Absolutely, and it was seen as TLC was the channel we watched. Yeah, and Brianna, I don't know if it was same for you, but like I know that at least in my church, the Duggars were seen as like almost like good influence. Like, whoa, this mm-hmm. this is a saying that aged like milk, but it's like they were seen as good influence. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna save my first mm-hmm. kiss until marriage. I'm gonna do courting. I like it's yeah. wholesome. TLC in general um, was that in my household. Yeah. Like, it didn't stop at the Duggars. It also yeah. it, it extended yep. to say and yes yet, to the dress somehow. The dance moms. But that's like a whole. I'm woof, so glad yeah. that that was not <laughs> not the case. I mean, I watched like you're you you missed something. <laughs> I mean, the reality TV shows I you watched for like Project Runway and like Food Network reality TV shows, um, and. Yeah, but, um, and I remember once, I, I don't remember when this is, but I remember, like, in, um, in the house, there was, I saw this, in, in, like, my house, my mom had gotten, like, a People magazine thing that had, like, I think it had, like, Josh and Anna on the cover or something, and I don't remember whether that was pre mm. the thing or after, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's many the things, right. though. Okay, there's many the things, all right? It's like, once you think it can't get worse, it gets worse, okay? Because, um, cause like, with the Duggars, like, they started as just those specials, and they got their own TV show, and there was, like, 17 kids and counting, 18 and counting, 19 counting. 19 and counting gets canceled because of the first Josh thing, okay? Yeah, and the first Josh uh, thing came to life many sooner. Because I think initially they were going to be yeah, on Oak. That's the first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Megyn Kelly interview, which um, Jill talks about in the documentary, Shiny Happy People. And have you read the book as well? And... Did she talk about it there? or? Okay. I think she does. And the thing is, I haven't read the book yet. I do own it, but I have not read the book yet. I tried to read Ginger's, and it was just... Yeah, I know. There's a whole... No. You know, I feel like there's a whole, like, language in the ex-evangelical community about, like, how we're talking about the two books. You know, it's like... Ginger has created this like phrase like disentangling instead of like just fucking call it deconstruction. Like, <laughs> you're so afraid of that word, but, and it's like, but, like did you they literally like kind of mean the same thing? Like, I mean, except you're trying to say that they mm-hmm. don't. But, 
Um, and then, you know, Jill, I think, is more okay. critical of her family. And is I would say, I, I again, I haven't read either book, but it seems like the the vibe is that it's a lot more honest and that and she's getting a lot more heat for that mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah. And she did the audiobook too, and people who listen to the audiobook were like, mm-hmm. you can just hear her emotion. Oof, you know. Yeah. And the thing is like I definitely know that those two have been going through therapy. Like I can just tell they're going through therapy and still working things out. And like with the documentary, it was revealed that they basically signed their life away to Jim Bob. Yeah, Jim Bob is still like, making like the they, residuals. They never saw any of the money yeah, from it. Yeah. So so that and just was like, wow. And then the documentary also, you know, talks more about like Bill Gothard and stuff like that. And like he actually like because the headquarters were actually like in the Chicago area too. And there are people who um even though they're gone away from him, it's there's this idea that Jim Bob actually might be coming the new head too, which is like really fascinating. And like the documentary is like really eye-opening too, mm-hmm. because you have X numbers of that community in there as well. And I really love that the focus was on level, like, but... victims, you know, like it was focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but all, and also, you know, funny Fridays got to make an appearance talking about her yes. expertise mm-hmm. in being a yep. Duggar researcher. <laughs> Um, I can't believe that's a thing, but it is a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. You, she's you becoming have, like the world's niche, foremost researcher on religious fundamentalism, honestly. Her and James. I mean, it's like I also have found out like there's like this huge community around Welcome to Plathville, but like I've yeah. never watched the show. And like the thing is, like that family is also slowly like falling apart too. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're witnessing this in real time. But they're letting us, and we're able to make decisions. And then there's the stuff that was going on with Sister Wives this year too, which like that's this whole other thing too. Oh yeah, there's divorce. Did did divorces happen this year? There was a divorce. Okay. I think I think this was all this year. And then like, and like in the world of TLC too. Um. I know one of the kids from John and Kate plus eight, like, came yeah, to yeah, I've heard about that like, too. Yes, yep, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, John was like fighting to make sure that get him back. I was like, no, I want my child back. I want to protect him. And you're just like, what happened in the 2000s? <laughs> Why did we let all this stuff, like, you know, happen? Well, you know, there's a family that like, I'm glad they never got a TLC show Eight Passengers, The Mormon. Family vlogging channel. Oh, honey, they give themselves their own TV right. show. Yes, their channel. Yes, they, yeah. This is okay. So, so I had this era when I watched a lot of family vloggers. Okay. Same. And I watched um, Ellie and Jared, who related to them hmm. because Ellie is um, the sister. And I was like, wait a second, those names bring a bell, but back to 2014 as like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah. Because I remember when that broke out, and that's actually like really big on TikTok too, because there are people who will like follow this breaking news stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, and I know people, like, um, I highly recommend seeing Jordan and McKay's coverage of the, the Ruby Frankie case. Um, cause they, they made mm-hmm. like, they did a live stream when they found out that she, um, had been arrested and were sort of talking about what the, what the facts were, what was known about what was going on. Um, and they also, I, um, they also do a really good job with reporting because they, 
uh, do not allow people to say the names of minors in the chat. They don't say the names of minors involved, whereas mm -hmm. some YouTubers do, because uh, unfortunately their yes. names are just public. But um, um, exactly. But yeah, um, that definitely was interesting to like see. Like I remember probably getting home from work or something, and then seeing the Jordan McKay stream, and I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> she got arrested!" That was like that. I was like, what just happened? Like, I, because I was, like, at home, I saw something on TikTok. I was like, wait, let me do some research. I was like, oh, my god!" And the crazy and thing is like, that, like, when you, look, the area. when you look back at, like, the YouTube content that was already just straight up on the 8 Passengers YouTube page, it's like, how did, how could no one intervene before this? Like, there was a mm -hmm. kid who was sleeping on a beanbag for six months and didn't have his own room. And, like, she also recorded herself saying that, you know, her child would just have to go without eating f food for lunch because she didn't pack her lunch in the morning. She's five. She was and six. she was five. Yeah, five oh, or yeah. six. It doesn't matter. She was young. And I think it's it's a weird thing because there's that fine line because I'm someone that, you know, like, I, I, I sometimes am a trash human and I follow YouTube gossip. Is that there were so, there's such a fine line between, like, these people are, like, absolutely abusing their kids on, on the internet for the world to see but also if we call cps and they don't find anything mm -hmm. it'll be even longer mm -hmm. before cps yeah. can check on them like it's again yeah. and that's more yeah. that's more like the you know the over the overstuffed yeah. system that is child protective services in this country mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily I, i'd say the abuse wasn't being ignored but as the average layperson, the average observer, internet internet um, armchair psychologist can do. There really wasn't much that could be done without potentially bringing more harm on them. It's again, it's it's a it's complicated. It's so complicated. But regardless, like I'm glad that she was arrested. I'm so glad that those kids are going to be mm -hmm. safe. I am. I hope that they're able to heal. Well, there is the thing to, about, I yeah. think Kevin's trying to get custody and it's like, um, you're not, you're not innocent. I don't think, I mean, you're not, I know, dude, you, you guys to say allegedly, but. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I've seen that online too. And I'm just like, Ugh. oh boy. The thing is like, there are minors involved. And so this is like, if you, so one of the most famous, like, I guess you can say child care cases is actually Gloria Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. If you look up, and that's um, Anderson Cooper's mom. And if you look up at what happened, like they actually had to kick everyone out of the courtroom and just have her talk to the judge about like how her life was mm -hmm. to figure out who she should live with because it was so polarizing. And the thing is like, she's a minor, but because she's a Vanderbilt, she's front page news. Mm -hmm. And like, she like that woman went through a lot of hardship like even with her marriages like losing her like anderson cooper's dad and then you know losing another son and then she like from the mighty vanderbilt family and the thing is like this isn't new stuff it's happened for years but because like i've said before social media we are able to see everything in real time now and like people are like Christian nationalism hasn't been a thing. I'm like, no, it has been a thing. Yeah. You're just seeing it. 
for the first time in, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Roe v. Wade being overturned last year was like the crowning mm-hmm. achievement of like decades of work from, you know, the, the perspective mm-hmm. of Christian and nationalists and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, because before it was considered a Catholic issue. It was considered a Catholic issue, and then yeah, it, you know Roe v. Wade and then happened. They had and to go and be like, really racist. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, and then it's just like it's just like as a snowball, and I think I'm just saying we can just point a lot of this stuff to former SAG president Ronald Reagan. That motherfucker. <laughs> indeed, indeed, that motherfucker. <laughs> that we we can just point a lot of things to the Reagan era. Reaganomics and stuff like that. We can yeah. point so much also, to the 80s. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact um, on the podcast, I guess. Um, you guys all knew this, but for the people that are listening, the hotel that we stayed at while we were in D.C. for mm-hmm. conference was the hotel where Reagan was... Um, there was the attempted we assassination. Were <laughs> we were living. And because, April and I were in the car. We were in the Uber. And the guy, like, those driving us, I remember he was telling us about how that was the hotel. And that's why now the presidents don't leave out the front lobby. They take, like, a secret garage to get back to the White House. And it took everything in my willpower to just not go, like, and I'd do it again. Ba, ba, ba. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what this guy's politics are. Listeners listening along, there was a very interesting plaque, and the amount of times we all walked past it and wanted to like yeah. spit on the plaque was a lot. <laughs> Here's the best part, guys. Here's the best part. Yeah. If you know the history of like what happened with this, the person who shot Reagan was in love with Jodie Foster. Yes, because she didn't like Reagan. Gay icon, gay icon, Jodie Foster. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I can't Amen. Um, and a going woman. back to Roe v. Wade, you know, it's like technically, you know, that court decision was last year, but obviously this year, like, there's been. I, I'm looking at this article um, by Deseret News about religion stories from 2023, and it's like, yeah, the continued sort of battles over abortion rights. Um, Something yeah, that's I mean, really that's, interesting to me is that like, abortion happened. was not seen as like a religious issue until years after it had been like it, it essentially yeah. we were just mentioning that it was it was like yep. a sort mm-hmm. of it was the machinations of the religious right of jerry falwell yep. and that kind of thing that, that made jerk. it a big issue speaking of uh people on the religious right and the moral majority pat robertson mm. died this year he died during oh, Pride yeah. Month. <laughs> he did. Honestly, the best gift Pat that we Robertson all could have gotten. Robertson is dead, everybody. <laughs> Listen, I am Bye. not one. Far be it for me to celebrate the death of another person, but I'm not sad. Um, I did see a joke online that I can't take credit for. Was that uh, Pat Robertson became the one thing he feared most, and that's a gender-neutral bathroom. What? Sorry. <laughs> like, oh. pissing on his grave. <laughs> oh. Nice. You know who died? Who else died this year? Yep, I was Kissinger. Right. Oh. oh my god, I got a text from my sister about that. <laughs> no, because there was a running joke online about is Henry Kissinger dead? The Twitter yet? account. Not, not yet. Every time. Yes, yeah. I'm just so happy Honestly, for the Twitter I, account. I was just gonna say we're living like, in such an interesting time because 
So obviously, as we all know, like you have to be what 35 to run for president, but there's no maximum age to like be in any of these things. So we are living in what's about to be a mass extinction event of people who are in power in the United States. Most of the people who are in power who are these um, like conservative fundamentalist right wing Christians are like. 65 to 80 like they are going to pass away in our um, lifetime speaking of other yeah there's other generational other major turnover figure and religion that died this year timothy keller i like i i was thinking oh, about, it. I was like, shit. Oh, died I forgot this year. about that <laughs> yeah it was may 19th and um you know uh sarah bessie posted this really interesting article on her Substack about like you know the sort of complicated feelings she had. I mean, you know, because Timothy Heller was a very sort of conservative figure and like, um, mm-hmm. and Sarah Bessie, I think for the first time wrote about her experience of like, during Rachel, Hel- when Rachel Held Evans died, Christianity Today put out this God awful, like eulogy. I'm quote, I'm doing her quotes here, eulogy. Um, and so she, yeah, she talked about like, you know, how to respond to, I guess the death of like, major figures that we don't necessarily like or agree with their views it was interesting mm-hmm. i'll put it in the show notes yeah that that was this year i forgot that and then the thing is there actually have been like some pretty good books between like evangelicals and people who aren't evangelicals this year um because i know um there's that alberta book about christian nationalism that came out which i forgot the title of it off the top of my head but um that book like that's really popular been popular because people are he's like a writer from the atlantic or something he's like here's what's been happening guys like here's what's been happening and then like i know amber cantorna released her book. yeah and she also for the first time revealed mm-hmm. who her father was publicly mm-hmm. yeah revealed her father was um like matthias was on the show so so like on the pod so he did his book kevin has their book coming out really soon mm-hmm. actually this next month in january and then um, the ex-wife of Mr. Ike is dating goodbye, mm-hmm. Shannon. Oh yeah, the woman they wanted. August. Yes, I really want to. I really yeah, want to mm-hmm. get that one. Yeah, I have a copy of that. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I'm really behind on reading nonfiction. So next year, my plan is to read at least two nonfiction books a month, so I can be learning again. Because I have not been doing that. I just read romance right now. Gotcha. I just read romance and hockey books. <laughs> all hockey but yeah because like those books came out and then um john cooper wrote a book who's john cooper a skillet oh hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no one's allowed to scream like that as a metal singer and be an asshole but here we here we <laughs> have john cooper the thing is is that I feel like a lot of this actually tracks with him too now that I'm thinking about it because I used to be super into the Christian scene of music like I would go to a Christian festival I think I've said this last time I was on the podcast but I went there for like 10 years in a row and thank god for Switchfoot and Reliant K for being the realist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank god they're still good people because like if John Foreman turned out to be a horrible person I would literally just sob my eyes out also, Derek Oof. Webb being like, a cool I would stop my eyes out. dude, too. Yes, Derek. Yeah. No, no, wait, this year, wait, didn't the Jesus Culture film come out this year? Maybe? 
I know. Oh my God. Yes, that did come out this year. Yes. That came out this year. Oh, wait, okay. are you talking about Jesus Revolution? Yeah, like the, or are you talking about a documentary? Yeah, well, yes, whatever that was. Yes. Okay, I was wondering yes. whether you're talking about yes, the documentary Jesus or the, yes, yeah. the, you know, the film where Greg Laurie makes the same of himself. The documentary or the documentary. There have been a few um, Christian music documentaries. <laughs> there, there, there was the one documentary I watched that, I don't know if it came out last year or last year, but like Amy Grant was featured in it. And the fact that they tore her to shreds oh like back God. when she got her divorce. I'm sorry. It's Amy Grant, national treasure. National. Speaking treasure, of Flaming Grant yeah. being the first drag queen to hit number one on the Christian. Yeah, music I was gonna charts. say if we're talking about Christian music, <laughs> we got news. Oh yes. yeah. Similar, also having a single to reach number one on the Christian music charts this year. It's mm-hmm. like the Christian music execs didn't think there was an audience. Um, yes, there is. Yeah, it turns to out see there are somewhere, and now we'll get to see Flammy Grant. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna I'm see. I'm gonna see Flammy Grant and Derek Webb on my birthday, y'all. The Seattle performance is on my birthday. <laughs> I know the yes, last year yes. and a half I've like gotten to see King Princess. Happy I've gotten 20. to see Semler. I've gotten to see I'm gonna get to see Flammy Grant. I'm like, we're living our queer music life right now. Oh my god, Maddie Zom's album came out in October. Oh yeah, Maddie Zom. Masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Such a good one. Okay, so so if my Spotify wrapped, my most played album apparently this year was Ethel Kane's album. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've listened to some Ethel Kane. Yeah. Um, one of my really good friends that loves album. her. Like, oh my gosh, that album. Like, it is a full experience of religious trauma, I'm telling you. Speaking of religious trauma, there is now seriously a small little subsection of YA literature coming out that is very much about religious trauma and cults. Hmm. There's a few books. Yes. The thing is, like, I actually know a few of these authors personally too that are writing these books and we're like, ooh yes, religious trauma. Ooh yes, ooh yes, ooh yes. Because we're got to a point where we're old enough to understand what we went through. So we're writing our experiences into books to help other people understand. Um, like a good friend of mine, their debut comes out in 2025 called Hollow. Um, oh. I'm very excited for it because it is very much re- uh, religious trauma and culty. Which is so weird for me because I'm like, no wonder I like cults. I do think if I ever, oh my god, yeah. Um, you know, I have this YA fantasy novel that I wrote in high school and then sort of continued editing during college. And if I ever go back to it, I mean, I already know it needs a complete overhaul, rewrite sort of thing. And I'm like, I definitely want to work, you know, the sort of themes of deconstruction into the story. I think, yeah, and also finally canonize the couples that I or the people that I knew were queer, but I literally like just like made them put them put my own characters in the closet along with myself so oh honey yeah the book that i wrote um my current work in progress i have a lot of like out characters i mean do i have a hockey team that's mainly all gay yes is that statistically possible should be actually if we're looking at it the nhl just sucks okay but (laughs) i mean it makes it tracks if it's me okay it tracks if it's me with hockey all right you guys all know me pretty well oh it, yeah it tracks all right oh yeah it tracks it, it, it tracks which like in the world of hockey um so for all of you listening to here um, i'm like a huge sports person hockey is like my favorite sport um 
basically this began last season but usually a lot of the teams will have a pride night okay hockey is mm-hmm. for everyone night because the thing is is that hockey is very much still a white man sport it's a very much an old man's club um but you see a lot of these younger players who want to get involved but you know they're people of color they might be like lgbtq yeah and they they don't feel like they belong so they've always been trying to have you know them included and there is this organization called you can play which was founded from ryan burke who is a very big figure in the world of hockey because his son brendan was gay and then a few months after he came out he was tragically killed in an accident and they wanted a way to memorialize them so they started this project you can play and over time you can play has kind of been shifted out of the league but they still were doing these pride nights well, last season, a few players did not want to wear their Pride jerseys at all. So, what the NHL decided to do was say that you cannot wear any specialty jersey at all. And the thing is, they have, like, military night. They have, um, like, in, like, Canada, they call it, like, Indigenous People Night or Native American Night, too, over here in the States. Um, there's always, like, a Hispanic night. Like, there's all these different, like, nights that people, like, Hockey Fights Cancer Night, which is a very, very big one. And all these jerseys are raffled off for um, charities. And the league said, you can't wear these. And players were like, what do you mean? All because, like, seven players, you did this because of seven players, right? Yeah. But then they released this thing, this Pride, um, there's this thing called Pride Tape, and basically, um, these players will use this pride tape for their hockey tape and it's like of the rainbow just to show their support and stuff like that and there are a few players who are very active in the community because they have friends who are in that community okay and they banned that too and like whoever uses this they'll be fined a few players have actually used the pride tape and they have not been fined because they's like oh, we'll just look into it so a lot of us like you're all talk and that's it you're all talk so and the thing is is that Gary Bettman has been the commissioner since 1993. In 1992, they kind of started this overhaul of the NHL from having like a president to a commissioner. He's been the only one in power. He's been the only one. All right. So in the world of hockey, a lot of us fans, the thing is there's a lot of people who are people of color who are fans and also people who are LGBTQ that are fans. And it's like we've had this collective like understanding that we're not being welcomed in these spaces when we love them. And the thing that really trips us is that if you look at the um, U.S. women's and um, Canadian women's team, they're super gay. Most women's sports are. They're super gay. Yeah, it's kind of a stereotype, and it's a stereotype for a reason. It's a stereotype. (laughs) It is. The thing is, is that people are also saying, like, oh, well, women's sports aren't really good, and we're like, yeah, they are. Bet. Yeah, they, they are. Megan Rapinoe so, is an icon. I'm not even into sports, and I love Megan Rapinoe. Oh, there's yeah. like a huge list of people who I'm like, you are an icon. And also, like, Abby Wambach, because she's married to Glennon Doyle. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, like, I love their podcast, too. I'm like, they actually, like, because they do it with, like, Amanda, Glennon's sister as well. And, um... They were like open about a time when they had to stop doing an interview with someone because they weren't respecting their space. I'm like, no, you're not respecting us. We're done. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is big. Because mm-hmm. people are like, no, you should be, no, like, I'm your guest. You should be going up to me. It's like, no, you're our guest. You should be respecting us. We should be having civil conversations because that's been 
podcasts, like some podcast spaces have not been good this year. Because people think, oh, I can just be, do it because it's my podcast. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the, we always say, you know, even in the progressive Christian or evangelical space, people can fuck up. I don't think there's any major drama that was that was last year but I don't yeah that was definitely last year and it's interest again it's that thing because I think we had talked about it when the whole god is gray shindig went down it's, is that, it's also okay that, to uh, have god is gray technically finished this year like she's not there's no you're more right yeah like she doesn't yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. um it's interesting because like again when you make content that is based on calling out other people which we do too um if you are called out by another marginalized community, like you also have to reflect as well. Like, I don't like, mm-hmm. I think there's, I, again, it's the, there are people that'll deconstruct to an extent and then stop. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's not meant to be like liberate, like learning about the liberation of others and marginalized communities and how you are complicit in, that oppression um just by sometimes even existing it's hard work but it's what needs to be done you can't just stop once it's you're like i am healed now it's like okay but there are other things that Mm -hmm. you may have that you are not even aware of Mm -hmm. um speaking of like i guess maybe people trying to maybe with good intentions but then doing you know, sort of fucked up thing. The sure. the Hulu Hillsong documentary. Now, I think the one that was on, well, I guess it was on Discovery Plus, which means it must be now on Max. But um, it mm-hmm. uh, the one that came out this year on Hulu. Like, I I was somewhat enjoying it up until I saw that they literally interviewed Carl Lentz and like let him paint himself in a victim narrative. <laughs> and then I was mm-hmm. like, oh no. <laughs> and then of course, yeah. um, I believe. No. Her name's Janice Legata. Um, God is not given on Instagram and I think other platforms. Talked about how she regrets being in that documentary because it wasn't really like there's. I'm, I'll put a link in the show notes about a blog post she made about the experience. Um, anyone? Did anyone watch that one? The Hulu Hillsong doc. I, I did, did not. not. Okay. Yeah, I heard what's happening with it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna steer away from this one because I know I'm gonna be getting really mad by the time I finish it. And then, like another, like this isn't really probably evangelical, but kind of talks more on the cult side. But there's been two um, documentaries out this year about Twin Flames. I've heard a little bit about that. that. What what is it? Yeah, that's um. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Like, just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. Alright? And it just gets worse and worse. Is, is this real or is this fiction, and, fictional like, thing? It's real. Okay. Like, like, I need you to just look this up yourself, read about it, and you just go, what am I reading? Like, this is, like, because there was, like, a documentary last years and years ago um, about a cult out west that was, like, really interesting. I can't remember. I watched it when I was in Korea, and I was, like, this is so fascinating to me. I was, like, because I, and then when I came back here into the States, um, I did watch this thing about 
cult that aired, I want to say it's A&E in 2018. I finally was able to watch it over here. And talked about Axiom. and talked about Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, not really. Scientology. Um, the more extreme Moonies, which, like, the Moonies mm -hmm. are a cult that's in Korea that's also over here in the states and oh yeah we talked about that a little bit we talked about the last episode yeah i found this like crazy article like that was talking about the war on christmas like from a from a sincere like they think there's a war on christmas perspective and then i was like this is the i told anna the publication and she was like that's read by the moonies i think it was the washington examiner or no it was the washington something i don't know if it's okay yeah and here and here's the thing after living in Korea for six years, you know what Christmas is? It's just a day. It's a date day. It's a family day. It was basically brought over from the U.S. It's not really a thing. Like, even in Japan, like, you know what they do? They go on a date and have KFC. Yes. In Korea, you'll have, you know, maybe you'll open some presents with your friends or family. If you're, you know, Western, you'll have a Friendsmas party, so you'll get together and exchange gifts, have good food. Because, um, like, what is ham? What is turkey? Um the stores they will like the big shopping mall like centers like lotte like department stores like lotte and shinsuke um they'll have really pretty lights and everyone will go there because it's a photo opportunity but that's it it's like even though there are christians over there they'll have services on christmas eve or um, my church on christmas day would be part of these all these other churches there'd be like a drink sermon that everyone can go to at a place that was it like it's just not a thing over there they and like my church would do would also observe u.s holidays and korean holidays mm -hmm. because we're in korea so chuseok like that's korean thanksgiving everyone's gone to their hometowns unless your hometown is seoul which mine was so i was just like i'm gonna stay in seoul to be a ghost town so like that's lunar new year which is very big over there like in asian countries like because this next year is actually the year of the dragon so you know they're gonna be off and then here in America, people are just like, Christmas must be this and this. And like, if you went to another country, like in Asia, oh. you would be like, why are they heathens? And I'm like, no, they're, they're not. This is just their culture. It, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's time to spend with family and friends and just have a day off of work. That's what it is. And then you're at work the next day. All right, that's what it is, guys. That's what I mean, that's what my Christmas was this year. We baked debris and watched Grinch because I was... <laughs> I was not able because I moved last week, so I was not going to be going out of state right after moving. So we just hung out, and it was great. It was lovely. Highly recommend just having chill Christmas. Oh yeah, Anna, yeah. tell tell them about what uh, ornament you got, <laughs> unless you have told them. Already, oh but. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember if I had sent a photo or not, but okay. So Catherine got me um, an ornament. Um, so for people that are listening, Catherine's my partner and we moved in together about a month and a half ago. And one thing she got me was a little ornament that is a U-Haul truck. And it says our names and then the city we moved to with the year. And it was perfect it was perfect it was a u-haul last year so we do similar ornaments every year and for those of you who don't know baba mm -hmm. give me okay well he's not gonna let me anyways i got his nose oh. tattooed on my arm and so um oh. one of my friends made oh my me gosh. his nose into an ornament 
That's so Oh, yeah. Cute. In terms of personal life updates, Anna, this year was the year of tattoos for you. I can't wait to get another. Mary We're going. Joseph, yes. I, I was looking, we're getting another yeah. tattoo shops that were open on Sunday, literally yesterday. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I can't believe I'm missing that this year. Well, hopefully, well, you'll probably have you to know, like video chat both of us. <laughs> Apparently, yes. this is my trend yeah, now is getting one in each state that I go to, and New yep. Mexico is the next one because I got five tattoos this year. I started with zero. Um, <laughs> Just so we're clear, I started with zero tattoos. You and Artie making a joke about getting um, um, tattoos. Winnie and Pooh, right? Oh, wait, no. Winnie the Pooh uh, and Piglet. Yeah, Pooh and Piglet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, a, my little guy. I remember because whenever I talk to people about it, they're like, "How did that come about?" And I was like, "Well, my friend was gonna go get a tattoo, but they were like, I 'I don't want to get tattooed alone.'" And I went, "I've got a lot of tattoos at that point in time. I think I had like ten tattoos. I think I have like twenty now." And I was like, I'll get another tattoo. Why not? <laughs> God, yeah, it's iconic. It's again. They say it's like potato chips. Like you can't just do one. Like you have to do a bunch. And it turns out my pain tolerance is better than I thought it was. Because my whole thing was like, if it hurts, then fine. I got my one. It doesn't cool. really hurt. But it wasn't. Green. And like you know, everyone's pain tolerance. Everyone's pain tolerance is different depending on the part of the body you're getting it. It's going to be different. Like I completely acknowledge that it, it's not pleasant, but it didn't, it was do, it was manageable. And so I'm like, okay, I guess this is something that I can just keep on doing until I run out of skin or run out of money, whichever comes first. You know what makes me laugh about conference? So early this year when we were all in DC for conference, we're there for the anniversary of January 6th, but they're still also voting for speaker of the house. Yeah. Hmm. And we're all in, and we're all in the hotel room, and we're like, oh my gosh, I finally got one. And we're like, how many rounds was it? Twelve. And we're like, really? And yeah. now that speaker is gone. Mm. There's a new speaker of the house. Oh right, and there and was a the Fundy Fridays video about that, that person, right? The new speaker mm-hmm. of the house. James did a. There's. Yeah, there is. I just haven't watched it. Yet. January was a Christian news. January was a blip. What happened right. in this year that we just got to talk about when we talk about Speaker of the House? The sex tapes from the Senate that were leaked. Wild. Yeah. What? I don't even know if this happened. No. What? Yes. what sex tapes? No. No. This, this is Watergate is shaking was, news. So Watergate they is shaking. That there was one, but there it's been released that there was two. A a Senate aide went into the senate room when it was empty and filmed himself having gay sex twice not once but twice and they have been wait and was this her republican it was senator? a senate aide i have to look up who it was again oh okay mm-hmm. i bet my ass they're republican like, i mean i know maybe it's not good to make what? that sort of stereotype no, that republicans this are gay, is like but... the news that they don't want you to know about but then, if you're down in Florida, like one of the major news is the Moms for Liberty mm-hmm. sex tape, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, what? Could you December, say like, more? Try, it's trying to one up everything. Like December is trying to one up everything with like shocking news, and to the point where all of us were like, "Can we just get to 2024? I can't do this anymore, guys." Like. Like, get me to January, okay? Fresh slate, everything. I know, December's kind of been, like, the gas leak month of this year. (laughs) 
this this is and the thing is like in the world of elections um usually what that will happen in october so it's called an october um surprise and um, because that's basically when things get leaked because like the month before mm-hmm. of like the things that people are hiding and so and the thing is like this next year is an election year so that's why uh, things have been even more polarizing because there are tr- people trying to see how they can win and yeah that that exists mm-hmm. like let's just say in my state of wisconsin um things are getting pretty dicey okay for mm-hmm. various reasons <laughs> because like they tr- the speaker of the house of representatives here um basically tried to make it so they could do they could um expel one of the new judges for the supreme court because she's a democrat and now the democrats have a majority even though the people voted for her and because she did campaign promises, which aren't allowed when no people do campaign promises all the time. So it's just, and then um, Wisconsin has been ordered to redraw their maps because they've been gerrymandered to hell. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the thing is, is that if you watch the show Secession, if you watch the show Secession, um, this is a, if you do not, this is a big spoiler for the last season. But if you have, you understand what I'm going to go with. Wisconsin was featured prominently in the last season. In the last episodes, Wisconsin was featured prominently in the last episodes. And all of us online went, why our state? Why our state? Again, why our state? What did we do to you? Because we know we're important. Because we are important. And we're just like, but I told people, I'm like, Aaron Sorkin really kind of knew what was going to happen and decided to end the newsroom right when he did. And he's so thankful right now. Oh, Ryan Johnson is probably... While Brian Johnson during the writer's strike was like, so how am I going to write Knives Out 3? Give me all these ideas. Because he was just taking notes. I know he was taking notes. Oh, yeah. I had an idea, and then it just flew away. Um, Let's see. This is what happens when we're all recording at different times of the night. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't even said, because I'm at my family's house in Virginia, we are recording from four different time zones. Yeah, we span the United States. States. The continental United States. <laughs> we are the true United States. True. We are Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is the picture that conservatives fear. It's four queer, neurodivergent humans, all recording an ex-evangelical podcast in different time zones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't God even gotten to the fact, sorry, I was scrolling back <laughs> up to see what we haven't talked about. We have not talked about the yeah. fact that the Pope decided to be cool for like two seconds. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, honestly, honestly not, I mean, I know just two because seconds. of the like <laughs> subtext um, of his blessing. I mean, I, I would recommend um, Kevin garcia's video on yeah. this on their instagram like it was like basically it it's a whole lot of nothing i mean kind of it can be mm-hmm. it can be meaningful for some people in some context like i know that matt um matt x i i think is his instagram yeah thing. Yes, um he posted that. about you know the complicated sort of like this could be important for some people and also for some people they're gonna be like fuck you to this <laughs> like I love Matt's Instagram so much. Mm-hmm. And his podcast. He has a podcast that started this person. year. It's great. Yes, his, the podcast is just so great. And, like, I just love Matt so much. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. And he's I also done it. some really good posts about, like, you know, as a Jewish person, his perspective of what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, it's you know, been, it's yeah. interesting because, like. Yeah, but I can tell you, 
Oh, I was just gonna say it's it's an interesting dichotomy where like the Pope like blessed that. them, but only if the like subtext, the like the you know fine print is only if they like resemble a heteronormative relationship, blah blah blah. Um, but one of the things I find interesting about that subtext and like that caveat is the fact that to me hmm. that means that like poly and open relationships are gaining enough notoriety that they're having to explicitly state we're not blessing mm. these relationships because they have to recognize that they exist which is its own well yeah that's what that's what uh you know <laughs> reformation yeah, it's, project it's, does, so. it's its own problem but i'm mm. like at least they're like not just entirely being swept under the rug now we're like creeping out from under the rug very, very slowly. Yeah, let's yeah, just I know say, it's a complicated thing because it's like, oh, the Tony Awards. <laughs> I know people who are not happy with the Tony Awards this year because of how it was political when art has always been political. Um, also, it's the Tony Awards. Yeah, and we had two openly like gender non-conforming people. Alex Newell! Alex Newell, I have loved and adored since the Glee Project, okay? I have loved that child since the Glee Project. And, like, yes. Ryan and they won for shots! Gay men in the world. Yeah. But, but, Alex Newell has grown into themselves over the past decade, and I am so happy for Alex. I will die for Alex if I needed to. And Shucked is just that little show that could. It did better than people thought. Yo, okay. I feel like it didn't have cult status. I have a story about Shucked. So when my partner and I were going to New York. You saw um, it. We saw, but it was funny because like we were like, you know, looking up the shows that would be playing. um, And we're like going, and this is before the show had even opened or it Hmm. it was before it opened or just our previews. We see this ads for this show Mm -hmm. called Shucked and we're like, okay, like corn musical, whatever. And we keep seeing ads and we keep seeing puns and we're following them on Instagram and it just becomes the joke of, oh shit, we're going to go see the corn musical, aren't we? And then we ended up winning the lottery and it was an absolute gem. There were kernels of wisdom. Um, It was very corny. It was great. And I loved it so much. Um, So in Chicago, the Chicago Transit Authority, the CTA, Mm. has committed themselves <gasps> to making obnoxiously incoherent ads that run on the inside of the CTA. And one of those ads is for Can of Corn! And it's just like huge ad! And all it is is Can of Corn. Get yourself a Can of Corn. Sponsored by the CTA. No one knows why or when this started, but it's just a up. thing that happens. It's great. <laughs> Highly recommend. There's many Twitter profiles about the CTA ads. I love Chicago. Chicago's a wild time. Chicago's just like a fun little city. Oh my gosh. So wild. Oh, are you looking it up, Anna? It looks like you're looking it up. I just... Hawk, hawk. Hawk approved. (laughs) I saw that one in person and I died. Let me send it. I'm gonna put it in the chat real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 what? This is unhinged. 
That, that's Chicago. Yeah, so you talking that's about Chicago Shucked the Corn Musical like, just made me think of the the uh, rabbit hole that is the CT. <laughs> like, can of corn energy drink. Corn is the kid from the corn meme should have been on and on it. Yes, it's corn. Have yeah. juice. Thank you, Gregory Brothers, for being my iconic life right there. Thank you, Gregory Brothers. Yes. <laughs> Mine's, mine's I still loading, like, so. It's still loading. No, I did, okay, so I saw the Jonas Brothers this year, and um, the fact that I saw, you know, former purity ring bro- wearing brothers who now all have kids, and one of them is getting a divorce, Team Sophie, by the way, um, <laughs> it was really therapeutic for my small child self from the, my preteen era, but she's seen them play play my music live because like camp rock was one of my favorite movies of all time like camp rock so, era, like great um to sort of pivot um behavior. every year on this year interview view thing i give an update on the umc because you know the past three years in the umc have been what? a lot <laughs> um, no way <laughs> um yeah, and I think the big, the big sort of headline this year is like a, a decent chunk of congregations are like still leaving the denomination, um, and you know we're all just wondering what the hell is going to happen. At finally, the <laughs> it was supposed to be the general conference, which is like the gathering of like all the UMCs across the whole world. Um, to in 2020, it was supposed to be where they voted on like what's going to happen with the split regarding LGBTQ stuff. And then COVID happened. And so it's just been postponed and postponed and postponed. And so now finally it looks like it is going to happen spring 2024. Um, at this point, I mean, I'll have to read more about what's like going on in terms of policies and all the bureaucratic shit. But like, mm-hmm. I guess because the Global Methodist Church was launched last year, and that's the new conservative denomination, hopefully there might be a push to be more inclusive in the UMC. Um, I mean, it's like we we have, oh yeah, I guess this year we have a um, gay bishop in the Pacific Northwest. He's the second uh, gay bishop in the UMC. Um, and let me look up his name again. Let me, something Bridgeworth. Cedric Bridgeworth, yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, spoke at my church on pride sunday so that was fun um oh yeah at the um pride parade in seattle the route basically ends at my church and we hand out like communion and cookies and it's really nice oh yeah Hmm. you know what we haven't talked about but it kind of like broke this month so or last month but the stuff that happened at ihop kansas city oh yeah yeah. The International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Like, that's stuff that's still, like, kind of coming to light. But, like... Is it, is it sexual like, assault as, like, things? Or, like... it's There's a lot of stuff. Like, there's just a lot. And the thing is, is that there's still, I think, stuff forthcoming. So there isn't really a full, like, grasp of what happened. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, Tim definitely, like, mentioned it in one of their, like posts online um it's been mentioned in a few like different spaces because like a lot of the ex-evangelicals kind of converge in all these spaces like we're in different ones 
there's a lot of crossover, but we're, but we all don't like vibe, but we don't really like, you know, all vibe with all the groups, we're just in them so we can see the different perspectives, I feel like. There's definitely crossover between, like, all these groups, just a weird thing. Because I'll just be like, oh, I know this person. Ah, I know you from here. I'm like, this is weird. I would not have thought to see you in this area, but okay. I think we're just mm-hmm. going to continue to see, yeah, like, like, you know, these these exposés mm-hmm. on these churches. Because it's like their theology, obviously, oh, yeah. like, is a rotten to the core, so it's going to have rotten fruit. Like, yeah. Oh, I find it interesting how historically throughout time there are periods where we go through more liberation and then more conservatism and then like mass exoduses of these conservatism spaces. Well, you know, in Phil Phil Stickle's book, The Great Emergence, she talks about like how like every like 500 years the church experiences a great sort of like event. And so I think we're in that event right now i would argue that it's like every 20 years but sure (laughs) it feels like the last 20 years have been 500 years god damn it every five (laughs) 20 500 same same difference yeah um okay so i'm looking on the associated press website for religion and i'm just looking at this first headline that comes up the rapper yay who has a long history of making anti-semitic comments issues an apology in Hebrew, which I think is just not, like, the right way to go. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is the guy that said he'd go DEFCON 3 on the Jewish community, like, less than this a year ago. This is the ago. same guy who was doing church back in 2015 at his house. This is the... Like, yo, I... That was, like, a big thing here, which was stupid. Like, right? yeah. But, again... He also was wearing, like, an It's Okay to Be White shirt with Candace Owens. And then, didn't he also, Which, you know, have a school, too? Yeah. He had a school. And they would, an academy. Yeah, it was named after his mom who mom. passed away. Died. Uh, yeah. And they would say good morning to her every morning. That's not a cult at all. I know. <laughs> so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, look, how is Kanye still in the news, man? I thought we left him behind. Moving oh, um, nice interesting. People. Wait, Brianna, I wonder if you know about this. This headline: A South Korean religious sect leader has been sentenced to 23 years in prison over sex crimes. He was no, featured in the popular Netflix series life. "In the Name of God: A Holy Betrayal." Oh, that one I don't think I watched. So the thing is actually within Korea, um, as our resident Korean expert, is that you kind of get away with things over there because there is no anti-discrimination laws. Mm. Um, a lot of the churches there are essentially cults, um, especially the Korean churches. Um, if you're, you know, if you're like out in a box, about in Hong Day, so that's a very college-centered type place, and you see a Korean there asking if, hey, my phone's not working. Can you give me directions to this place? Run away. That is a cult. That is a cult. Because, one, your phone is definitely working. Because, two, everyone has cacao talk, okay? Like, cacao is this nation, this, basically this co- company that has, it's handed everything, okay? Cacao Metro, cacao taxi, cacao talk, cacao pay. Like, they're in everything. 
and actually one month after I moved back here to the States, there was a fire in the cacao building Ooh. and all this stuff is housed in one building and it basically made the station, the country go into a standstill hmm. because nothing worked. Oh, so shoot. So a lot, yep. And the thing is, is that if you know there's any, like these leaders who get caught doing something, they're not going to get a fine. They'll, they'll probably get like a slap on the wrist and be like, eh, it's a good job. It's the woman who will be getting more, if a woman is involved in this, they'll be getting more because women are horrible people, basically. Um, it's all about the man and what about his future, not the woman, okay? And it's freaking politics is just really ridiculous. Um, the president's only elected for one five year term if they last that long because they can be, you know, impeached. Mm-hmm. Um, the current president um, is actually kind of attacking various areas of the press if they don't put him in a good light so he's basically breaking like all these laws that have been around forever and like banning these like companies from like talking to him and all that stuff um his very first UN visit was a total fluster um horribleness because he had no idea how to do anything because like he went up to talk to Biden I think or something and you don't just go up talk to the people you you have your people talk to their people so they can have a meeting so there can be an official photo. And official photo, no press allowed. He's doing up the press there. That That's not a thing. So uh, the thing is that even my therapist in Korea did not like this president either. I um, was just like, I can't even say his name. Like, I refuse to say his name. He's like, he's like wants to be like Trump too. Ugh. Which is, you know, great right so and then like with korea having you know all those cults those cults are also very very vocal so the religious um right is very very far right and it's a very small minority but they're very vocal so people think that's it's a very christian country when really the people there are just like oh you have short hair cool mm-hmm. that's awesome Sounds gonna so they're basically the just woman, doing everything above the board that all our churches here hair, just do got it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is is that um if you have, you know, if you cut your hair short, that means you're a feminist oh, and no. feminists are evil. Oh. <laughs> mhm. Yep, own. Oh, no. Um so K- Korea is just great. Looking at some other headlines, apparently Greece might uh legalize same-sex marriage even after opposition from the church, which is did we talk about Uh, the other sex tapes the moms for liberty sex tapes you didn't give any details i mentioned it i mentioned it i know less about that those sex tapes i just know that they were lesbian sex tapes from them so here's what i do really how why am i not surprised (laughs) so i follow read with rachel on you know the talk app and i think rachel's great yeah she does good youtube videos too about like fundamentalists and authors she's funny yeah and yep which she has a new video about that with the kate coran stuff but anyway um because she's down in florida she talks a lot about moms for liberty and um basically the person who's like the big name down there um she and her husband um have invited another woman into their relationship and they have been filmed having you know some sexual intercourse and people have found out about that and of course the national like 
group is like, she's not really part of our group. No, no, no. We've distanced ourselves from her. No, 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 no. And she's like, I've done nothing wrong. And people are going to the school board meetings and saying, because she's like on a school board or something. And they're saying, you should be fired. So it's, it's this is like Florida man messy kind of, <laughs> but a little bit more because Monster Liberty has actually lost a lot of their footing in the air in like various areas because people are realizing no, because here's the thing. I don't think they realize how much schooling librarians need to do in order to become a librarian. Um, the librarian it's a master's degree a master's of library science. Yeah, yeah like in library, library science. science and you have to yeah and you have to get at least like two master degrees basically in order to do this because you have to have a concentration as well especially if you're working in the collegiate world and i have a lot of friends who have gone um i have known at least four people who went on and have done this okay and it's a lot of work and the thing is is that they're constantly reading and reviewing and looking at it and the thing is, like, I point out to people, it's like, okay, you want to ban these books? When I know you're reading B.C. Andrews in high school, don't give me that look. You are reading B.C. Andrews, okay? I know you're reading B.C. Andrews. Who's B.C. Andrews? You are reading Flowers in the Attic. So Flowers in the Attic. Do you want anyone know about oh, Flowers, Flowers in the Attic? Oh, Flowers, yeah. April, you don't? Oh, my gosh. Um, I need you to just, if you do not know about Flowers in the Attic, um, it's it's a wild series. Um very wild um the thing is is that bc andrews is still putting out books but she's been long dead um a ghostwriter has basically taken over because a lot of the family still wants to like get money but um bc andrews wrote some very very inappropriate stories to say about very taboo topics that people are easily able to read and a lot of people were reading them as they were middle schoolers like a lot of moms were reading them too and their kids were reading them. The sort of Fifty Shades phenomenon. Now, except they, well, I guess it was mostly moms reading Fifty Shades, but it was, mm. it was, it was. Um, they were made into Lifetime movies as well, and that actually created a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Um, without saying anything, like you can read up all of them and go, "What did I just read?" This is a book, because yes, that is a book. Um, Flowers in the Attic, Petals on the Wind are the first two, I think. So the Dollinger series is like four books, and then there's like a prequel series that came out, and there are all these other books that have come out. And they all are kind of like the same plot recycled over and over again. But yeah, but it really up. is so frustrating, so, like all the book banning that's going on, you know? Like, And I know Reads with yeah. Rachel has talked about that and seeing the books that are being challenged and it's also like okay but you let your kids read the bible (laughs) i mean yeah like like, y'all have y'all read song of solomon because or even first of all they're not married i i recently in my um in my bible interpretation class this term i wrote a paper on the story of jephthah's daughter who is Mm -hmm. literally offered as a burnt sacrifice um yeah not fun not fun for kids to read about other kids getting brutally like there's a bookstore in Mon- yeah the prime of montana that refuses to stock uh marjorie taylor green's book as well as um bill o'reilly's books and has gotten yeah it's, it's from my home, montana book co um <laughs> and has gotten a ton of flack yeah. and have basically said routinely been like 
oh, sorry, does it make you mad that we're not even stocking your books? Well, you're banning these books nationwide. We're just one private owner exercising our right to not carry an item. It's insane. Oh, yeah, and that brings into the whole thing, the Scholastic Book Fair thing, and then yeah. um, yes. J- James mm-hmm. Cameron in the libraries, and also with, um, it's called Brave Kirk Books, Cameron. that's Kirk the Cameron. publisher that yep. uh, James Cameron mm-hmm. went through, which is like a... Oh, Kirk Cameron. Fun, or, oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, Kirk Cameron, yeah. James Cameron James directed, directed Titanic. Right. Kirk sorry, Cameron yeah. is the douchebag that did the Christmas movie. Um, James Cameron is a Titanic expert, okay? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there's this whole, yeah, Brave Books is, like, a, basically a fund of, well, mm-hmm. I would say fundamentalist Christian publisher, but I think technically, has Ben Shapiro published through Brave Books? I feel like he will at some point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great alternative, and they have, like, their own little world, and, like, I was Oh, yeah, and how there's, like, like, the island that represents Canada is, like, where people eat ice cream all the time or something. <laughs> is that a bad thing? <laughs> apparently because, oh okay you know if you have too yeah, much like cream? of a good thing i don't, they don't make klondike parks anymore they used to have klondike parks no like they eat poutine there yeah at least have them eat poutine yes yeah, and all, Damn, the, all right? the reviews by the, the, gods. Um, the youtuber savvy writes books has done a lot of reviews of yeah books bought from the brave books publishing company and they're just like some of them just like aren't even stories honestly you know she because she's very like she's very knowledgeable about like how to write children's literature she has her own children's books that she's published and also knows about like just children's education and what a children's book should do you know for the kid yeah what they should experience and how giving me giving me some ifb iflp or whatever it's called um you know with their like their little school books that's giving me that right there Oh, like a Becca book? Their school books. Yeah, well, because they have, like, their own books and stuff like that. They talked about in Shiny Happy People, like, how they learned. Yeah, like, seeing what, um, and- judging how slutty an outfit is, is apparently what they learn. <gasps> Ankles! Oh, no. I'm like, wow, what are we in the Victorian era? Um, and yeah, did y'all hear about what happened with Scholastic having, girl. like, the, like, putting all of the di- diverse quote-unquote diverse books into Mm -hmm. one category that can like when schools are ordering like what stands they want I guess they can choose not to have it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and like being involved in the book world um that's very it was it's been very hard I can tell you that because I know some people who um what their books would have been under that and they meant they were like our books wouldn't be in my school the school I grew up in Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be pol- considered polarizing. Um, a lot of books that have come out this year um, have been impacted with various, um, I guess you could say, boycotts, strikes, and stuff like that. So people don't know, um, especially if you are um, writing a queer book, your book is most likely going to get challenged and banned. So people aren't going to read it. Um, yet, there's books that no 18 year old should read out in the public and people are letting their 13 year old child buy smut because they don't know anything about it so they're definitely not yeah and it's like covenant eyes is not gonna not gonna help let's say that you know we all know it can be hacked oh yeah it's also just a stupid concept anyway but 
no, it's, um, but yeah, no, so this classic stuff is, like, really hard on a few people that I know, because, um, there was a story written about, with an author, like, she said that her book was selected as one of their books, but they had to rewrite a section, because, um, it was about her grandparents and how they met, they met at an internment camp, oh. and they didn't want them to meet at the internment camp. It's like, no, that's, like, erasing their narrative right there. Like, well, it's problematic. It's like, it's problematic. You, th- this country made it problematic. And, like, in the world of theater, um, so there is actually a um, musical being developed right now about Tiananmen Square, okay? And um, a lot of the cast and creatives have, their names aren't even listed because of fears for their own public safety mm. and because and people are like well why is this being told in a musical like there's some flack in the theater community and one of the actors who um, was actually involved in the Into the Woods revival playing the cow I want to say um, is part of this and a really great person honestly I love following them online um, they responded to um, this theater person who was like really criticizing it. I was like here's why we're making it and then the theater person was like, I am so sorry about this. Like, this, I am going to say, I am at fault here. Like, I am at fault for, you know, not knowing the context. And that's on me. That's on my right privilege. I should have known that. And then the thing is, like, years and years ago, George Takei had a legion. Yeah. Strike. And that was basically, that was about his own experiences. Because he grew up in an internment mm. camp. And people were like, well, this is problematic. And like. Okay. The U.S. is problematic. Is problematic. <laughs> Because yeah. like people like and like with Killers of the Flower Moon coming out this year, um, I know Scorsese actually he worked with the Osage people, and like he was, and he knew he's like I'm a white man. This will be in the white person's lens, and a few of the people who were involved who are part of you know the Osage Nation and other nations who are helping with that, like they talked about it and they're like, we know that people are going to, you know think this is a white man's story when it is also very much our own but we know people who are from our own nations are not going to want to are still dealing with the hurt of this what has happened like 100 years ago yeah. and like we know that like lily gladstone like basically was saying was talking about how um even though she's like not osage but she is you know of you know one of the many nations uh, i can't remember which one she's in but um, she's like, it's really important for us to recognize that this is trauma for us and to get help and to seek the help. And then people will try to fight against us, but we are going to not fight back, but we have our heads held high and know that we are helping our people the best we can. And there's been this weird reckoning that people on the far right don't like because they don't like being seen as bad. They are. Ding, 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 newsflash, guys! Yeah, and they're like, no, we are the saviors, and I'm like, guys? No. Guys, this is... You're wicked, not! Oh no, the consequences of my own actions! (laughs) Actions. Yeah, so this is really the fuck around find out era right now. Yeah, and we really need to make sure we're trying to fight against like censorship and because it's actually it's so important for like authors books to be in libraries you know like you know Mm -hmm. it really helps like to get their work out there Mm -hmm. and it is like they are you know making money off of like the books however many books the 
libraries order that kind of thing um mm-hmm. and it's also just like we need to show that like you know this these it's a vocal minority you know it's not the majority of people that are pushing for these books to be based. yeah they are just loud and they are obnoxious mm-hmm. and like hell these last um the 2023 like i guess it was a mid not a not on midterm but i guess a Oh yeah, I'm thinking, uh, and the next year we'll be talking about, like, the role of religion in the 2024 election at the year in review next year, so. I'm not looking forward to next fall, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. No. Oh, I have a rule that, like, ever since, well, I guess, yeah, in the 2016 election, I stayed up till, like, you know, like, three, um, my eyes glued to the screen, and then in 2020, I was like, I am not looking at the results tonight. I'm not gonna be online gonna do the same thing next year so yeah the fact that in 2020 Destiel became canon before we had a president <laughs> oof you ain't kidding just, just... did it yeah. really become canon though when he was set to super yeah. hell but you know what <laughs> the show wasn't supposed to be past season five season six anyway so <laughs> so um i guess unless no. um you don't have any other thoughts we can go into high of the week does anyone have any thoughts to end on for this year in review um i mean 2023 existed it really did it was again i call it it was a bit of a gas leak year to be honest um because what the hell happened um but I oh think, yeah there were a again, bunch of seeing... we didn't really get into it all the like supreme court decisions wasn't it affirmative action was taken out this year right or was that last year yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was this year this too. year this year and again, if there is, <sighs> I do want to not, again, not to be like woo-woo toxic positive, but I do want to say that seeing the voter turnout in states like Ohio that basically were like, mm-hmm. no, nah, we're going to codify abortion and seeing that like people are fucking pissed off and are going out to vote in droves because they are tired of having a Supreme Court where no one, there is no term limit and has become increasingly more political and stacked people aren't willing to take that bullshit anymore um and that a good majority of america again it's a it's a loud minority it's a dangerous minority but it is a minority of people who suck and that there is more people out there who are at worst neutral or and at best um are willing to fight for the causes of the marginalized so for me personally go ahead Oh, sorry. Again, it's that thing of if I can't hold on to that little bit of hope, there's not again, that's Mm -hmm. just what I have to hold on to, you know, is that there is a generational turnover that is happening. There's uh, again, we're in our fuck around find out era. And I hope that that continues. It's definitely going to be throughout the next year. The younger generation season to those who are able to vote this year. It's going to be a key season to ensure that people are are voting because we're gonna see a lot of people lose steam and feel disenfranchised by a lot of the changes that have happened in between votes and by people who were voted in by former generations and it is like vital to hold on to the hope that we see when we feel you know ohio come out and you know stand up against tyranny and to remember that the end of the day voting takes such a little amount of time we have to vote along with the other things that we're doing absolutely 
And if you are someone that lives in a state where um, voter rights are being suppressed, yep. know, know your rights um, and advocate for people who may be more um, disenfranchised by um, anti-voter laws. Um, there is an organization called, um, I think they're called like freepizza.com, where they basically will order hot pizza to deliver to people waiting in long polling lines mm. and will bring like coffee mm. and water and again being able to provide those resources do that research help people register to vote that whole sort of thing so again just be vigilant and do what you're able don't get burnt out take breaks from social media when you need to take breaks from the news when you need to it doesn't mean you don't mm -hmm. care it means you're taking care of yourself so you can better care for others um and yeah, sorry, that was therapist brain just going on for a sec, but yeah, love I, again. Oh yeah, this year, um, you got your master's in social work. That's kind of oh my deal. gosh. Yeah, this was a year. This was a crazy year. Um, but yeah, I got my master's in social work, and I'm currently working on my hours to do private practice and hopefully work with people who have been harmed by religious trauma, spiritual abuse, and you and Artie again, are gonna really do some cool stuff with that. I, I yeah, I certainly hope so. And again, it's that thing where it just hurt. It breaks my heart. But every time I tell someone that that's my focus, every single person I've told has a story. And that is heartbreaking, but it really solidifies that um, it's a community that is in desperate need of very specialized care. Um, and it again, it strengthens my own purpose of what but I want to do. religious trauma in the DSM. There are people fighting to get it in. Honestly. Uh, any other final thoughts? It's okay if you don't have any. We'll just go into hide the week. Um, honestly, with next year being the 2024 election year and also the Olympics, um, that's how I remember it. Um, remember, like, there are primaries and then there's the major one. If you are living abroad, okay, um, get yourself, check with how your state does absentee voting, and get yourself a list, make sure you get your absentee ballot, read the rules too, um, if you need to have, you know, another, like, American citizen next to you as you're filling the ballot so they can sign it, make sure you know someone who is, so you can do it, um, you might have to pay a lot of money to get your, um, ballot back to your state, that's what I had to do, I had to do DHL, both times it was like fifty dollars for to make sure it arrived on time. Um, some states, um, what they try, they actually might not count absentee ballots until the very end because they do in-person ballots and then they do. There's like a huge hierarchy. Each state does it differently. Is a thing because America's like that. Um, like Anna said, know your rights, know your laws. Um, some states will do voter registration day of still, like Wisconsin does. Make sure you have your accurate your IDs, but you need other states. There is a cutoff, so make sure you are aware of that. Um, there's a lot of information online about that stuff, so make sure you're aware, especially if you have to do absentee. Get that stuff in ASAP, honestly, because then, because the primaries are going to be starting in January, February. Um, each day is different. Um, Wisconsin's primary is in April usually, and then we have the general in November. So make sure you know how you can vote, when you can vote. Um, honestly, if you need to miss work to vote, do it. 
um, it is, you know, our thing. You're legally you allowed to. And you are, yeah, and if you are a young person, like, this is your first time, um, you know, voting and stuff like that, um, do your research, especially if you are living with people who are, you know, conservative, they're going to be telling you to vote one way. Vote for you, okay? Don't vote what others tell you. Vote for mm-hmm. who you think is going to be the best, because that's very, very important. Um, and who you think will support your neighbors as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And because remember, Jesus said the most important um, commandment is um, love your neighbor as yourself. And we do not see any of that in this country right now, in a lot of spaces. Um, self-care is also really important this next year, too. Um, if you're 18, you have gone through a lot, honestly. Like, you have gone oh, yeah. through probably an active suicide situation, a lot of debt, a recession, COVID, all this stuff. And we, a lot of us know that that's been boiled up. And so we are waiting for Gen Z to make the change. Even though we know we think we should have all been working together, but I just know that this new generation, they are the fed up generation. They're the ones who are going to be moving pieces and the older generation is not going to know what's going to hit them. It's going to be great. And the thing is like, this was going on when, um, when Kennedy was starting to become, was starting in politics. He was the shaker upper. If you watched Oppenheimer, he gets a, he had a shout out towards the end. That young senator from Massachusetts, um, that's him. Um, and like, I'm a, I'm, I would consider myself a Kennedy Democrat if I was back in the day, but like, you know, but know your rights, get out there and vote. Yeah, Honestly, and ask questions. If you matter. don't know, ask questions. Ask people. And like, I know that, again, speaking for the podcast, um, we'll be posting resources on how to um, vote in your local elections. Um, one good resource is Vote Save America. Um, but we'll also post um, resources as we find them so you can, um, again, take care of yourself and also take care of your neighbor by voting for people that will do more um, do more good than harm. Hell yeah. Woohoo. So, um, hi, of the week. I guess, uh, Brianna and Artie, you've listened to podcast episodes before, so you'll, I guess we all know what it is. Um, yeah, we're just saying a little oh, yeah. highlight of the week. Um, Anna, do you want to go first, or does anyone want to go first? <laughs> I'd say my high of the week. Um, I mean, like, I guess being able to celebrate uh, Christmas with um, my partner's family and being able to have a partner over for Christmas, because that, believe it or not, that's something that hasn't happened before. Um, so... It was really nice to be able to celebrate. One, it was really nice. I love Christmas, so being able to have two of them was just really fun. Um, but also being able to just feel very much like within community, like despite everything that is happening, being able to find that community with my family, with my partner's family, and with just friends whether they be in real life and online being able to know that there are people to lean on um that was like a pretty awesome highlight i would say nice um for me yeah being able to be with my family for christmas and just also being able to like be at home not well i mean you know yeah be at my family's home not working and also Mm -hmm. 
you know, not have to pay for groceries for a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I got, um, for Christmas, my siblings got me two amazing books by, I guess, you know, in my sort of personal story, they were sort of the people who started, started it all in terms of me getting exposed to progressive Christianity. Um, so I guess what was the latest book by Sarah Bessie, but she has like another book coming out early 2024, I think, but it's, um, Miracles and Other Unreasonable Things. And then the... Um, very last book by Rachel Held Evans, Wholehearted Faith, the book posthumous, yeah. posthumously published, finished by her friend Jeff Chu. Um, yeah, so looking forward to reading those. Okay, Brianna or Artie? Percy Jackson started. That's what I'm happy about. Nice! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such a big Percy Jackson fan. Like, I... The first series came out when I was in high school, and um, what made I'm very big. I haven't read the other two series yet, but I'm going to because I and I know what happens. But um, I'm very happy that we have an adaptation that is true to the source material. Uncle Rick and Aunt Becky are you know producer executive producers for it. Um, the first two episodes did amazing for streaming standards, and we're like, just give them the five-season renewal, let's go, just give them a four-season renewal, so we at least know all of it. Um, I adore that cast so much. They are young children, and a lot of us in the fandom are like, no, we're going to protect you and make sure you're going to be okay, because we know how brutal Hollywood is. So I'm very happy that there's that. Plus, I got a new bookcase, too, so I have that filled up, because I love books. And then, like, or during the end of the holiday season at work. So that's just making me really, really happy. I'm almost there. Oh gosh, I can yes. imagine. Just hold on. There. There. You're going to get you through it. Yep, yeah, just like go hold It'll on. It'll get boring again um, very soon. I know, we cannot wait. We're like, hurry up April when it's boring at work so we can change things around again. But yes. <laughs> so I guess that's what I'm happy for right there. Some TV. TV is always good. Oh, and also the Gilded Age got renewed for season three, which makes me very happy because that can finish season two and then be like, Julian Fellows, please give me a young Cora Crawley. Okay, give me a young Cora before she gets married. Okay, I just want a crossover so they can be the same world. Yes. Okay, that's all I want for Christmas. I, my high for the week was um, I moved just down the street, but I moved from a studio into like a three bedroom. So now I have like an actual working office. I have a bedroom that fits more than just my twin bed. I'm going to get to upgrade bed sizes. I feel like a real adult. Hell yeah. Get your grown up bed. I'm very happy about being in a slightly larger space. the downside is, is that in order to keep the heating costs down, we keep the heat really low all the time because this place is huge. So it's a lot of sweater wearing in our household. And then we just use Dobby as like a travel size. I mean, that's a yeah, core vibe it's, though. It's great. I was like, I like to sleep under my heated blanket. So I'm down with it being like 67 degrees Ooh. at night. That's fine with me. Yes. I can't. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait. Now I can host people. We're going to have a guest room. So come visit Chicago anytime. Yes. Uh, At some point, definitely. I'm closer to you. You are very close. 
Uh, y'all yes, are lucky that you get to Annie and Artie. I'm guessing, are y'all roommates in the hotel? Or... I assume I so. I haven't so. seen anything, and we were last year, so I'm like... <laughs> yeah, like, That's I put you I down do. as a, my roommate that I wanted, so... Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But, yeah. Um, happy New Year spirit. to everyone listening. Um, may our 2024 be... Um, gentle on us and i guess from here on to the blog thank you so much for tuning into this episode of reclaiming the garden you can follow us on instagram youtube and facebook at reclaiming the garden or on twitter at rt garden podcast be sure to check out our patreon for exclusive episodes and you can always check out our merch store to get t-shirts mugs and other fun merchandise if you are able to please be sure to rate and review on apple podcasts and spotify as it does boost us in the algorithm but we are grateful that you are here and listening. So if that's all you can do, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you soon.